ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning into what is a very special episode of The Scoop. We are joined by Stephen Pally, a close friend and colleague of the block, and of course, an, uh, an attorney at Anderson Kill, and one of the most prolific crypto Twitter lawyers in the space. So obviously we are going to be unpacking the news drop of yesterday, the CFTC and Department of Justice, the CFTC and Department of Justice filed charges against the owner of crypto derivatives exchange BitMEX. It was something that maybe some people saw the writing on the wall for, uh, Close followers of the space might know that in 2019, Bloomberg reported that uh, the CFTC was investigating the Seychelles registered and Hong Kong based crypto derivatives platform. But I think the full scope of the charges and of the respective cases might have caught many people by surprise, especially the fact, of course, that one of the co-founders of the organization Mr. Freed was arrested in Massachusetts. So without further ado, Pally, thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited to dive into these two cases with you. I guess to kick things off, um, you know, you were one of the first to tweet this news out. What was your initial reaction? I think um, it might include an expletive. <laughs> hey, Frank, always happy to, to join you. Um, so close followers of the block, uh, who read my end of the year predictions for 2019 will know that one of the things that I said was going to happen was that uh, FinCEN uh, and DOJ were going to crack down on Bank Secrecy Act violations in crypto. And I expected to see an onslaught. And, you know, for the re since, since that time, every time I mention it, I get a lot of, you know, Pally, you, like, you keep talking about FinCEN and nothing happens. And I keep saying, you know, just wait in the fullness of time, it will. So I was really not surprised. Uh, there was a class action that was filed by uh, Kyle Roach and Vel Friedman earlier in the year against uh, BitMEX. And the BitMEX refers generically to a bunch of different entities, including there's an HDR Global. Um, and the CFTC complaint, in many respects, um, parallels or matches what was in that original complaint which a lot of people in the space poo-pooed at the time. So I wasn't terribly surprised. Um, I guess the CFTC complaint, I don't know if it surprised me, but I had been more focused on Bank Secrecy Act and DOJ. So the indictment didn't really surprise me, uh, and the CFTC complaint didn't surprise me either. The one thing I would say, if there are any regulators out there listening, every time there's news like this, I'm in the middle of something else. So like your timing, um, it doesn't accommodate Stephen Pally's schedule. So <laughs> I did bust out a 20 tweet, tweet storm about it. Uh, I, I know it's kind of, it's kind of like, like now I was just going to say, it's kind of like, come on guys. Like we just are on the heels of this Coinbase culture war story. Like give us, give us a break for, for, right. uh, I needed a slow news day. Cause I had a, I had a project I was working on for my actual law business. And instead I had to, stay up until midnight finishing that up so for sure so really quick before we 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 dive deeper let's just give i guess a lay of the land maybe for people who only caught the headlines um we have two cases here right which we yeah. were kind of talking about um yesterday when we tried to record um you kind of maybe had 
these two agencies working in tandem. Um, walk us through like what each uh, agency has sort of um, brought to the table here. I, I understand that we have a civil case and then a criminal case. Um, walk us through that. So the CFTC is a U.S. executive branch agency which governs enforcement and uh, compliance with the Commodities Exchange Act, which I'm, I'm uh, simplifying it, but basically futures and derivatives trading, right? And if you are doing what uh, BitMEX uh, does, offering derivatives uh, futures uh, trading, and you're doing it in the United States, you have to register. And the CFTC says that BitMEX should have registered something called a um, futures commissions merchant, an FCM, and they didn't. And as a consequence, they violated the act. The wild thing about that complaint is the CFTC says that these folks were engaging in trillions of dollars of transactions involving billions of dollars of fees paid by U.S. persons, uh, including 85,000 um, uh, accounts with a U.S. nexus. Uh, they're asking for uh, restitution, disgorgement, basically money. Um, and they are also uh, asking for an injunction to, to stop the behavior. So what's interesting is that that appears to have come at the end of a lengthy um, investigation. Uh, the complaint references depositions, references internal documents, which presumably came out of the investigation that you mentioned that was commenced by Bloomberg. Um, and it my suspicion is, my surmise, is that information that the CFTC uh, got in its investigation was shared with the Department of Justice, which launched a parallel criminal case against Hayes and uh, other um, principals in the organization, including the CTO, who you mentioned was arrested in uh, Massachusetts. Um, and the charges there are pretty serious. I mean, the Bank Secrecy Act uh, includes, uh, for each violation, uh, 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 the penalty can be an imprisonment of up to five years and um, significant uh, financial penalties as well. If you just do the math, if you assume 85,000 transactions, 85,000 violations, 85,000, that's like, uh, um, like a half a million years in prison, theoretically. It yeah. doesn't work that way, of course. Um, yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Notionally. <laughs> as, Unless they're going to like put their brains in, a, brains in a freezer. That might, that joke might. Yeah. Be it would be like the, um, it would be something like the Superman uh, prison where you'd send bad guys. What is it called? Where you basically put them in a deep freeze for like <laughs> a million years. Yeah. I don't remember, but let's, let's break down maybe the, the civil case first. You, Mention kind of the crux of this sure. of the issue the CFTC is bringing out is the fact that they were like offering up this platform to U.S. based folks and sure, sure. anyone who's familiar with the crypto world knows the Bitmex memes, right? The guy uh, standing outside of a comp concert with you know his eyes half closed and kind of barely feeling people down for suspicious um, contraband as representing Bitmex. Everyone's seen that meme. Um, it, and, and a lot of people who are listening have probably traded on BitMEX. And of course, a lot of U.S.-based trading firms have traded on BitMEX. Um, I know, for instance, uh, that Jump Trading uh, through a domicile was one of the largest market makers on BitMEX. Hmm. So this is kind of, it has been an open secret. They, they had offices in the U.S. for um, uh, periods of time. Their venture 
unit was in San Francisco. They had some other um, operations in New York. These are some of the aspects um, or, or some of the things that were brought up in the case. But the question I have for you is, is any of this going to maybe be, um, you know, will the regulators, the CFTC specifically, obviously, will they be mollified by the fact that, you know, last month or rather two months ago, time is flying, uh, BitMax sort of set up these know your customer procedures and, and are actually appearing to take this a bit more seriously or has the ship completely sailed off? I mean, I would say that when the feds, <laughs> when the feds go and arrest, criminally charge you and um, arrest your CTO, um, I think the ship may have sailed. <laughs> you know, I'm just, it's nice that they did that, but maybe they should have done so uh, earlier. I, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Look, the allegations are, they're unproven allegations. Uh, the government still has to prove its case. Uh, in the criminal case, people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. But I, I mean, I was just on the BitMEX site, uh, frankly, wondering if the domain is going to be seized, and it hasn't. Um, and yes, I see that they now have, yeah, they've got, they are apparently doing IP detection. I wonder if they're checking, what if they're blocking VPNs? I don't know. But um, I don't really know if that's going to matter too much in the near future. And as for the the criminal case, um, we talked about this hypothetical um, prison sentence that these folks could receive. What, what do you actually anticipate sort of panning out? Um, what maybe could be well, their saving will, grace? Sure. Um, <clears throat> it will depend on whether or not people go on the lam and uh, run or if they turn themselves in. I don't know. What did the, uh, I'm trying to think of what other folks got. Somebody was telling me that, um, which exchange was it? They got 10 years for BSA violations. Um, it kind of will depend on like how much knowledge they had of, of, you know, bad acts. What was the exchange being used for money laundering? I just don't know. So some of it will be facts and circumstances. And again, like if I did have inside information or knowledge, I wouldn't be talking to you. So I'm not involved in the case. I don't know these folks. I just know what I'm looking at in the pleadings and what I know about other cases. I think they're looking at some prison time. Uh, prison is more than a year. Jail is less than a year, by the way. I think they're looking at maybe a couple of years and a hefty uh, fine. But again, that will depend on whether or not people turn themselves in. When you look at these two cases, um, how much do you think this is the U.S. government or these U.S. governmental agencies trying to make an example I mean, if you hearken back to some of the interviews and tweets that Arthur Hayes, who honestly, like, is a seemingly very nice guy, like I've talked oh, to him sure and, lovely, and yeah. you know, I, I know people who have a lot of respect for him and, 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 and what he's sort of pioneered for the space in terms of, well, Frankie, you know, what did he pioneer for the space? Like orange, well, if you think about orange, like Lambos at consensus, well, talking I think about bribing at, people with coconuts, I mean, well, that's kind of that gets us to my point to an extent. But yeah. if we're talking specifically about um, financial products, this idea of the Bitcoin perpetual swap was kind of, you know, something that BitMEX um, pioneered. But to your point, and this was getting to this is this is sort of part of my question. Yeah, he did. He did sort of say these these things about bribing Seychelles authorities with coconuts and that Seychelles um, regulators are easier to bribe than uh, German, American, and and Hong Kong regulators. There was, of course, the um, the Lambo 
event at outside of consensus. And uh, just kind of like an egging on. Um, and I wonder if like that has a lot to do with it. Probably obviously does, but um, is, is this something that maybe is just like a, Hey, we're going to make an example of this company or, you know, the first of many to come. Jeez. Um, I think it's the first of several to come. Um, in fact, I'd be willing to bet a big case of herring on that. Um, <laughs> and I also think that it portends, um, if I were in the quote unquote DeFi space and operating in the United States and um, doing anything that falls within the penumbra of um, financial services, money transmission, I'd be looking really, really carefully at what I'd done so far and whether anything needed to be changed. You know, uh, if you take a look at the complaint, it goes back to 2015, right? In 2015, a potential business partner for BitMEX asked Hayes about BitMEX's regulatory compliance landscape, asking, do you have any particular licenses or registrations, such as FinCEN, BitLicense, or Money Transmitter License? Do you do business in the U.S.? And Hayes responded, we do not have any licenses. We are incorporated in the Seychelles and accept customers globally except for New York State. So... Um, my point is that was 2015 and it shows up in uh, a civil enforcement uh, complaint five years later. So stuff that's happening in DeFi now, presumably we'll be reading about in complaints in, you know, several years. It's just so strange. Like when, when I see something like this happen, I think, and I, I'm sure you, you think the same thing, like where are their lawyers? Um, I'm pretty sure they've had they've had various um, folks at the company. They had a woman who used to work at um, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Um, well, was, yeah, listen, I mean, Kwan. it's like what is if if this is stuff that's completely evident, like how do you miss it? Clients don't always listen to their lawyers. Period. Full stop. So you know, there's another quote in here. In a blog post of, in May of 2015, Hayes mocked the efforts of a competitor to comply with U.S. regulatory requirements. He wrote, this exchange, quote, kissed the ring and can sort out their, can sort of offer their services throughout the U.S. Hayes noted in the same blog post, a different firm in the virtual currency industry was on the wrong side of the tracks because it had failed to adhere to the Bank Secrecy Act. So it's clear that, um, I shouldn't say it's clear, it's Perhaps this was someone who, you know, just wasn't open to receiving the advice. I've had, I've lost uh, business or clients because people didn't want to hear advice. So, I mean, I, I can think of, I can't talk about any of these, but I can think about a number of conversations where I've had with people where I explain that they couldn't do precisely this, or they couldn't offer contracts for difference in the United States. And I got a fucking earful and like coin desk articles thrown at me over email and, you know, People ended up going and doing their own thing. Sometimes uh, my clients shop around until they find a lawyer who will tell them it's okay. So, and that's something that kind of like is not just a no. It's there's nothing. It's to do not with crypto. a crypto thing. This it's is across it's, the board. But it's across you know, the board. Yeah. I I think that um, I seriously doubt that any American lawyer who looked at this said, "Yeah, that's fine." It's not like they were checking with their legal and compliance department in allowing. Uh, allegedly U.S. Bitcoin whales to trade on their platform. It's not like anybody called the general counsel and was like, hey, 
is it okay if we pretend that this person is an American? That I'm sure that did not happen. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting um, aspects of, of one of these cases is um, there were instances in which they were like deleting customer account information, which if, if that can be proved, seems like some sort of smoking gun. Yeah. It sounds, um, sounds like a bad fact. That's a technical term, bad fact. <laughs> which means, which means it's a bad fact, <laughs> <laughs> a fact that is yeah. not helpful. A, a fact yeah. that does not help their case for sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like they can try and fight all this and you have every right to. So what do you think but, some of the arguments they, they can make are against some of the, you know, top line claims? Uh, beats the crap out of me, Frankie. Um, <laughs> That it's not true that uh, the financial instruments at issue aren't regulated in the way that the uh, agency claims that, you know, like one of the arguments that Kick made in their um, sort of shifting gears in their um, in their briefing um, in the SEC uh, case against them was that uh, the laws applied was uh, unconstitutional. You know, they might make some arguments like that. Honestly, I don't I think the Bank Secrecy Act um is overly broad at this uh, historical moment. And, you know, maybe there'll be an argument about uh, the statutory scope and whether or not it, it's, uh, you know, it's applied uh, in a way that makes sense in this case. I, I just don't know. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, we are still open to have someone on the BitMEX side of things on the show even God, Arthur, Frank, they he, would be morons come on. to come on and speak. You just like, uh, well, I, may, maybe they can, maybe they can have someone come on sure. and sort of explain their side of the story. Well, they, did you see that they had a post on their website that said, um, you know, condemning the Pally, uh, don't call them morons. I got to get them on the show. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't mean, no, I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like going on, making public statements when you've been criminally charged they have an intelligent lawyer, they'll tell them not to. You can cut all of that. I, I, I said, I said uh, to my friend um, that I'm uh, my friend um, who's in the PR industry. I said, what do you think the chances are that Arthur's going to come to my show next week? She goes, you have a better chance sleeping with Neil Kunis. Yeah. Like than, seriously, uh, like slim to none and slim just left town. I, I hear, I understand. Like, I think I've seen that he's in Singapore. Um, yes, he is. We do have an extradition treaty with Singapore. My sources say he's in Singapore. Yeah. Well, Larry. If you look at his Twitter feed, he's posting about, he was posting about foods in Singapore in the last uh, couple of days. So Singapore is pretty law and order place, isn't it? Oh yeah. So, so what about the like ramifications of this at a high level? Um, there's I mean, a lot it, of, is it, is it good for Bitcoin? <laughs> is it good for Bitcoin is one question. Obviously Bitcoin didn't really like it kind of like, I feel like the Trump news hit Bitcoin harder yeah, than, yeah. well, maybe the same, maybe the same, but what about DeFi? That's the question everybody's asking is what does this mean for, you know, companies that, cause a lot of, um, a lot of, um, what's being brought up here is the fact that they have these operations in the U S which raises a broader question of, okay, like, sure. You're not allowing us folks to trade these things. Let's say they weren't, doing that. Let's say um, no Americans traded on BitMEX in, in a hypothetical world. Um, but they still had offices here. Does, does that, is that significant? And what does that mean for DeFi firms that have operations in the U S? Um, 
I think sort of like going at it from a more macro perspective, um, what you see is that um, conduct matters. What you do matters more than what you say about what you're doing. So the um, a lot of the DeFi protocols are basically doing, um, are there like, it's a retread of um, things that the SEC said in the Dow report you shouldn't do. So I don't know, token tokenized governance and um, revenue streams. They just, if you look at the substance, they don't look good. And if you're doing it in the United States, you're probably going to have trouble. This is just another example of how the law catches up to you eventually. Uh, I realize that's a little bit abstract, but I think that anyone who has a significant DeFi platform uh, protocol and is in the United States and is profiting from a protocol that they've launched um, should be doing a pretty fulsome, rigorous analysis of uh, the application of the BSA and the SEC. And, you know, it's one thing I understand sometimes people want creative lawyers to come up with creative solutions, but you don't want the creativity to get you on the wrong side of the line, particularly when it comes to the Bank Secrecy Act. Mm -hmm. Well, let's like walk through that because that's kind of, um, that's kind of key to this, this situation. Um, for folks who are listening, who see the headlines and don't know what the Bank Secrecy Act is, let's walk them through it and then maybe unpack what sort of BitMEX did to um, act against that? Yeah, so I'm going to oversimplify by necessity, but in the early 1970s, in response to mostly really organized crime uh, and money laundering associated with it, uh, Congress began to pass a bunch of laws that are now known collectively and together as the Bank Secrecy Act, and they require certain types of financial institutions to... Um, report suspicious trends. So register as money servicing business, uh, MSBs with uh, FinCEN, which is a treasury bureau, um, part of the treasury. It's um, uh, basically, it includes folks from a bunch of different parts of uh, the federal government. Um, and you have to register as, as, a, as a money servicing business if you are you engaged in certain sorts of financial transactions with customers. You have to report suspicious transactions. Um, and if you don't do these things, then you can be found to have violated the Bank Secrecy Act, which um, violation can lead to uh, punishment of up to five years per violation and significant uh, financial penalties. That's it in a nutshell. So like, mm -hmm. if you go to the bank and you make a cash deposit of $15,000 in dollar bills, uh, it's going to be reported to FinCEN. Um, or if you make two transactions, the uh, one of um, $4,500 and the other of $6,700 on the same day, that might be reported because it would look like you were structuring transactions in order to evade the reporting requirements of the Bank Secrecy Act. So there are a bunch of um, bunch of financial regulations and laws in place that are intended to uh, prevent things like money laundering, terrorist financing, and so forth. And what um, 
what BitMEX allegedly did was they were acting as a um, they were acting as a, an FCM, and in that capacity, they were supposed to um, comply with uh, BSA regulations, register and report suspicious transactions, and they didn't. That's what um, that's what um, the CFTC and DOJ have said. If you're a listener of The Scoop or follow The Block, then you know I am super excited about the future of crypto adoption, especially on the enterprise side. Our sponsor, Blockset, is not only helping to push development at the grassroots level with their multi-chain API, but also at the institutional level. Blockset is built by BRD, the first crypto wallet in the App Store from 2014, and one of the largest in the space today. They've taken the architecture and the knowledge they've gained over the past six years to create Blockset, a robust, reliable, and strategic B2B offering for developers and enterprises. Blockset is enabling banks and other major financial institutions to interface and build with crypto assets at light speed. See just how simple it is by visiting Blockset.com and sign up for a free account today. What do you think are some of the more surprising elements of these two cases that kind of maybe caught you off guard? Um, caught me off guard. I thought the um, the indictment, it didn't seem threadbare exactly, but it wasn't as long and detailed as I might have expected as compared to the CFTC complaint. It's I may be wrong here, but I, I surmise that it might have been uh, perhaps pushed out sooner than they thought they would. Uh, these things can also be updated or revised. A superseding uh, indictment can be issued that includes more facts and more charges, uh, but was it wasn't quite as detailed as I had would have expected it to be. I'm not terribly surprised about anything factually that's alleged. Sorry, that mm-hmm. was kind of a lame answer, but I just wasn't that surprised, Frank. No, I, I think um, I think for some people uh, the writing was on the wall to a certain extent. I guess um, I was a little bit surprised that the domain was not taken down. It's kind yeah. of typical in cases like this, and the the feds have done it in the past. The domain appears to be it's a com, so it's um, it would be uh, something that you could take down in the United States. It's registered with a domain name administrator who's in California, so it would be pretty trivial to serve a seizure warrant. And uh, seize the domain. As somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, you know, they could always get a different domain, but that domain could be seized too. I've read that their servers are hosted on AWS in Ireland. You could probably, without too much trouble, seize those servers too. Of course, they could have backups. But you know, once you start, once you start moving your operations to a different domain and using backup servers, it creates a real potential for market confusion um, and for fraudsters to set up um, duplicate exchanges built to look like BitMEX and steal information. So I don't know. Um, I guess I was a little bit surprised that the domain wasn't seized. I mean, they charged the, the founders of the company with, you know, fairly massive um, conspiracy, right? And uh, with uh, bank secrecy violations, they arrested the CTO. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's surprising that they haven't shut him down. Yeah. Well, maybe that's to come. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I guess on that note, um, just like looking forward, 
Um, we, we've kind of unpacked the case here um, and, and sort of its significance. Um, what do you expect to happen next? Walk us through like, you know, let's say these, these three folks at large are not extradited. Um, what then happens there? Um, how does the case proceed? And, and if, well, I mean, if, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, not extradited. I don't know. International arrest warrants. Um, get them eventually. I mean, I would be surprised if, um, they weren't picked up eventually. I just, I don't think the DOJ is going to go away. I would assume they've got good lawyers to represent them. It doesn't seem like a case to take to trial, but what the heck do I know? Most criminal cases don't go to trial. Um, if it did go to trial, it's hard to say what would happen, but you do better in the United States under the sentencing guidelines if you... Uh, accept responsibility and take a plea. Um, so it seems likely to me that they have lawyers who are already intimately involved, who are involved in defending the CFTC uh, investigation, and I'm um, sure they're in touch with their clients and in touch with the government. So I, I, if I had to bet, and again, like I know I have absolutely zero inside information. If I had it, I wouldn't share it. I imagine some sort of arrangements being worked out uh, where they can surrender themselves. I just, I can't imagine. Do you really think a guy like Arthur Hayes is going to want to go on the lamb for the next 20 years? That just seems wrong to me. That just, it doesn't add up. No, no, I don't think he would. So then he gives himself in. Yeah. And what happens next? Um, he's taken into custody. There's a, a bail hearing. Um, he's probably, he's probably released on bond and it's, passport taken away i have no idea that's what you would you try and work that out in advance like uh in terms of um of, you know release pending trial and then you try and work out a deal in terms of like you know you've you've covered um many of the different landmark cases in crypto where does this fit into maybe the precedent of things or uh you know in terms of import um where does this case fall Landmark cases of crypto sounds like a uh, a book that should be written. Yeah, wonder if anybody anyone would buy it. I don't know. It, it's um nothing here is that surprising. Like, I mean, if you sell certain types of financial products to Americans, you have to do certain things. They didn't do them allegedly, and they got in trouble for it. You know, and, and they were pretty flamboyant. There are these uh you know it's sort of a standard trope in um. Uh, you know, bank robbery movies where, you know, the, the grizzled old bank robber says to the young guy, you know, after we do this, don't flash the money around, you know, don't spend it mm -hmm. all, all at once because they'll catch on. I mean, the, we're perhaps, talking about Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas. Right. Like don't buy the fancy car. Yeah. Just like yeah. keep your nose down. Don't get noticed. And these guys put themselves on, uh, you know, they put themselves on the world stage. They made a lot of noise. They made it clear they didn't give a fuck about regulation and um you know eventually uh it appears to have caught up with them i don't think there's anything of great precedential value about any of this and there have been other cases already uh, involving offshore crypto exchanges that have been shut down by the feds what was the one it had a german principal and it was operating on an island in the caribbean and it was selling contracts for difference you know what i'm talking about no I mean, 
they shut it down. That wasn't a criminal case. That was a, a CFTC uh, civil enforcement action. But there have been a couple of offshore exchanges that have been shut down uh, for selling yeah. regulated products to Americans who um, were not um, within a narrow uh, range of um, participants uh, who were allowed to yeah. uh, participate in those. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see much. That's a surprise. Just you know, the grinds, the gears of justice just grind and take time. I think we'll see at least one other this year of uh, of this scope. That's my prediction. And we shall see. Yeah. Uh, what else is on your radar these days? Um, dinner. Oh. I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of getting uh, fish and chips and bringing it home. As far as crypto goes, oh, um, good. yeah, I'm, either I'm debating between fish and, fish and chips or um, maybe getting Max the dog a nice steak. I'm vegetarian, actually, so I get me and I feed my dog. Which I know. How long have you been? How long have I been a vegetarian? For about a year. Yeah. Um, the things that are interesting to me are, um, you know, work on layer one and layer two protocols. Um, interesting uh, work in privacy and um, cryptography. Um, one of the interesting um, clients I've been doing work for, and I, I, I do have permission uh, to say this, is a company called NIM, NIM Technologies. Um, Harry, uh, Harry Hoppen is at the helm of it, and they're building a really interesting privacy protocol that um, is designed to address some of the uh, flaws, the leakage, metadata leakage, in uh, things like uh, Tor and even Signal. Um, so projects like Harry's, um, some of the layer two protocol uh, developers that we're working with who are uh, building things that will allow the layer one, the base layer, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others to, uh, to, to um, theoretically operate at scale. That's interesting. You know, those things are not, uh, those are not token-funded projects. Um, they may... Uh, I think people who are working on wiring, um, creating platforms and infrastructure are going to end up creating more enduring value. I was on a, a we were chatting with uh, someone else earlier today, uh, Preston, a partner Preston Byrne and I were, and he pointed out um, quite aptly, you know, BitMEX was operating on AWS, Amazon Web Services, and AWS mm-hmm. is has no dog in this fight about um, you know, the alleged illegality of uh, BitMEX's operations. People who build wiring, who build protocols, who build the pipes um, are, in my mind, more interesting and more insulated from liability. FinCEN has made it uh, pretty clear that if you are a software developer, um, you know, just developing and issuing software in and of itself uh, does not expose you to um, MSB uh, registration requirements. So that's kind of what's on my radar screen, like people building um, hard tech that's not just about sending magic beans from one place to another. Magic beans. That could be a good DeFi project. The magic bean project? All, all, magic beans. Don't tell Larry. That's my... <laughs> Larry would be the I'm magic a... bean multi-bean signatory. Oh, geez, a little. We'll definitely have to that's cut a, that That's around. a little bit of inside baseball, yeah. He'll have a, he'll have a aneurysm. <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. Pally, thank you so much for coming on The Scoop and unpacking 
this breaking news. It sounds like you got a call, so we'll let yeah. you get that. All right, man. Cheers. Absolute pleasure as always.